You're listening to All Things Crime, brought to you by Abject Entertainment. Be sure to check out some of the other great true crime podcasts from this network, including The Murder in My Family, Missing Persons, DNA ID, Scene of the Crime, Three Men and a Mystery, and Zodiac Speaking. All of these podcasts are available for you to binge on right now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe where you're listening to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Warning. All Things Crime is a true crime production that may contain violent or disturbing material. Viewer or listener discretion is advised. Dead. Well, there's creepy girls too. Don't yeah, forget that. Yeah, there are, but I bet you got a stat regarding how many, you know, what percent of the creepy well, people out there. The, uh, the only stats regarding male versus female offenders have to do with teachers and in the educational system, 33% of the offenders in one study, and it's the biggest study that I'm aware of, were female. So 67% were male and 33% were female. So one in three, it's not a tiny number. It's not something Mm -hmm. that you should disregard. Um, In fact, I know I saw recently a bulletin uh, board or you know, big advertisement, you know, this is what they do in Hollywood. They, they have these billboards with, uh, shows that are coming out soon. And there's one that's called a teacher and it had a female teacher and a, a teenage male student in the, in the background. And I'm sure that, that yeah. the, I'm sure that the theme of that is that, you know, she can't help herself and she falls in love with this kid, you know? And they make it a love story, like Barbara Walters tried to do with respect to Mary Kay Letourneau. Hey, Jim. Hey, welcome to All Things Crime. How you doing? It's good to see you, Jared. Oh, I'm doing fantastic, especially now that I got you on. Well, thanks. Happy New Year. <laughs> you too. It's yeah, a... happy uh, 2021. Let's yeah, pray let's that it's, it's better than 2020, one. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, hopefully. I don't, I don't want to jinx it, but hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... I, I don't want to say it, it can't be worse because it yeah, of course it could, <laughs> but no, definitely. Um, who would have thought, you know, one year ago when we were first ramping up for the, the new decade in 2020 and everybody was all excited about it, the economy was humming. And I mean, I had a couple of trips. I, I was over in Asia for mm-hmm. the, toward the end of, um, end of actually January. And then all of a sudden this, COVID thing hit and holy crap, the whole world got turned upside down. Well, what's crazy is that two years ago, we um, almost three years ago, we sold the show to Netflix and produced that show and released it on January 3rd, 2020. Mm. And the name of the show was Pandemic. And (laughs) we literally were approached by some epidemiologists epidemiologists i think yeah, how you that's say a it. tongue twister there yeah and they said that look been a hundred years and 
it's going to happen at some point and we're monitoring all these different flocks of birds and herds of animals and all over the world and right. we're looking to try to stop it before it turns into a pandemic but we really need more preparedness especially here in this country and some other countries we sought this series based on the fact that it had been a hundred years since the last pandemic and there was very little preparation for the next one and we were woefully unprepared as we all learned in march of 2020 but you can see it on, on Netflix. You can see that we shot it the year before all around the world and the different things that large cities and small town hospitals were doing and not doing to prepare for a pandemic. And I think that, you know, now we know that this kind of thing is real and it's very deadly. And I mean, we are fortunate that the numbers near as bad as they were in the but um, at least, you know, 350,000 Americans are dead and many, many millions have been infected. And who knows what the long-term effects are going to be. So this is a real eye-opener. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So you, um, I know you're there in L.A. and you guys have got some pretty serious restrictions on you. And so, yeah. uh, but that's interesting as far as the, the show that you, that you were talking about I didn't know you guys produced that. I know you've produced yeah. uh, tons of other stuff like, geez, man, Criminal Minds and with the <laughs> Memphis Three and yeah, West uh, Memphis Three and yeah, uh, we did uh, you know Killer Profile and we did a lot of audio series as well. Uh, Evil has a name. Call me God. Uh, we just dropped Brooklyn North um, and we're about to drop Where the Devil Belongs and that is about the Unabomber case. Oh so, wow. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. We have four other titles that are going to be released this year. And, uh, and hopefully we'll have a couple of new uh, series on uh, CBS, Paramount Plus and, and Fox. So we're just waiting for the uh, ability to get back to production. Oh, very cool. You know, the, the crazy thing about uh, Jim, you know, it's, it, I was so excited to get on with you that I didn't even introduce you. The audience doesn't even know who I'm talking to. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh, no, my fault. Hey, just for everybody that's uh, that's watching or listening, uh, I'm I'm speaking with Jim Clemente. Boy, how do I introduce you, Jim? I don't know. Uh, You know, former um, FBI profiler and extraordinaire as far as once you've wow once once you got out of the fbi started xg productions and you know i'm i know i'm just butchering this and so that's all right i i'll turn it over to you and let you introduce yourself okay well you know um as you said i was uh i was an fbi agent for 22 years an fbi profiler uh and uh i was uh my rank was supervisory special agent and uh i was a particular expert in the field of uh, abductions and child abduction, homicides and rape and serial murder. And uh, those were all very pretty grim topics, but just it was an honor to work in those fields and to help move the needle forward in terms of preventing those crimes, understanding the offenders and trying to get ahead of it and trying to stop these things from happening. And also when a child abduction happens, the research we did told us that you have to respond immediately and not wait for uh, the 
typical 24 hours to determine what happened. Uh, mm -hmm. That used to be something when, you know, when a teenager went missing and, and so forth, um, or a young adult, they would say, well, we'll wait 24 hours. But we found out through our research that when a child is abducted and killed, first hour, 44% of them are gone, 73% in the first three hours and 99% in the first 24 hours. So waiting a day is extremely lethal. You have to work and determine what went on immediately and do concentric circle searches around the last known sighting and neighborhood canvases and car stops and all sorts of social media checks and everything that you possibly can immediately because that's the only way you have a hope of saving the child's life. That's an area that I became an expert in. I, during the course of my work at the BAU, unfortunately, uh, got cancer. And uh, that was uh, when I was, when I responded to the World Trade Center on 9-11 and um, myself and a whole bunch of cops and firemen and other FBI agents and some of the other construction workers that were there and other first responders were, were stricken with uh, lymphoma. And, uh, and, you know, some of my friends and colleagues didn't make it. And so I was lucky to have a bone marrow transplant. Johns Hopkins was an experimental stem cell transplant uh, in 2004. And um, here I am today. So I'm very lucky. But while I was recovering from that, uh, I got a call from one of the guys at, at work. And he said, there's an actor here and he wants to meet uh, profilers. And he said, uh, isn't there anybody in the FBI with a personality? <laughs> so I guess they had brought him around to different uh, the administrators and he wasn't really impressed. So anyway, he called me and I said I'd meet him and I walk into this. I had to wear at the time it was very unusual. I had to wear a mask and gloves uh, to meet anybody because I was still recovering from the bone marrow transplant. My immune system was almost non-existent. At the time. And I walk in and. Mandy Patinkin walks up to me and he said, hi, I'm Mandy Patinkin. And I said, of course, you're Mandy Patinkin. You think I'm stupid? <laughs> and he just busted out laughing because I was so, you know, I was I felt like a jerk walking around in what is now normal clothes or clo outfit or PPE. So we sat down. He asked me uh, to tell him about my best case and my worst case, which you might recognize that as the name of one of my podcasts because that did give me the idea for that podcast mm -hmm. um, to tell, have law enforcement officers and attorneys tell their stories of the best cases and the worst cases of their careers, the things that hang with them even years after they retire. And so Mandy asked me and I said, look, I, I'll tell you my best case. And I told him about a child abduction case where I was able to help save a six-year-old boy. 28 hours after he was abducted. And I said, I'm not telling you my worst case because it's, it's too horrible. It's not for entertainment purposes. But afterwards, he picked up the phone, called Mark Gordon of Mark Gordon Productions and said, all right, I'll do the show, but you got to meet this guy, Jim. I want to base my character on him. So Mandy's character was based on me for the show Criminal Minds. And when Mandy left the show a couple of years later, uh, we kind of spread my character out to to the other guys in the show, like Hotch and Joe Montaigne, David Rossi's character and Shamar Moore's character. So 
I became a tech advisor on the show. Season two, I wrote my first freelance episode. Uh, when I retired five years later, I came on to the show full time and made, uh, you know, some uh, amazing TV, I would say, because they allowed me to write about things that educated people while they were being entertained. And that was a really important thing for me because I told you the statistics earlier about child abductions. Right. In the entire time I was in the BAU, 12 years, I taught about 60,000 cops and related professionals. It's a lot of people, 50 at a time, most of the time. <laughs> yeah. But, that's but pretty much that, end, end, endless. Uh, yeah. That's training, a lot. Right. Yeah. But I wrote my first scene of Criminal Minds. I put those statistics out and Dr. Reed walks into sort of a green screen while he's telling the group these statistics. And now he's out on a, uh, you know, playground and there's 10 kids playing around, you know, on swings and jungle gym and slides. And, and when he says in the first hour, 44% are, are killed. I'm Mike Morford and I've been researching the Zodiac case for years. Zodiac, just the name. It sounds sinister. It inspires fear. The fact that a serial killer would give himself this moniker is disturbing. He would go on to taunt police by sending letters and codes to newspapers for years. And the attacks, they were something else altogether. If you were a young couple in a secluded area, you could easily be a target. And it wasn't just shootings on dark lovers' lanes. Zodiac would even attack with a knife in broad daylight while wearing an executioner-style hood. After a while, Zodiac changed tactics, and even lone cab drivers weren't safe. The Zodiac Killer terrorized the San Francisco Bay Area and then vanished, but he left a lot of clues behind along the way. Clues that we're going to examine closely on the new podcast, Zodiac Speaking. New episodes of Zodiac Speaking come out every other Saturday starting March 13, 2021. Subscribe today wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode half of them disappear and then three hours, 75%, three quarters of the kids are gone. And then there's one kid left swinging. And he said, after 24 hours, 99% are gone. And then the swing swings empty and the hair stood up on the back of my neck. And I was like, wow, that visual image really impacted me. And in that one minute, I reached 18 and a half million people. And by the time it goes through syndication, about 60 million people worldwide in one minute of television. And that told me exactly what I wanted to do when I retired, because I've learned a tremendous amount uh, in the BAU and the FBI. Before that, I was a prosecutor in New York City. And all that culminated in a tremendous amount of knowledge that I really feel compelled to share with people because it'll help make this world a safer place. I don't want people to have to knock on the door and tell parents that their kid is no longer with us. That's just a horrible thing. And I'm hoping that, you know, with these shows that we're producing, that we're doing some good with Hollywood's money. Yeah, no kidding. And in fact, that's the number one reason that I started this video cast and, you know, podcast, whatever it's. And I, I think most of this, especially the true crime genre, I think it's oriented around that. You know, there's a lot of guys like you that have law enforcement experience, military experience. You know, it's all about educating the general population, really what's actually out there. And 
Right. You know, I, I talk to my kids and stuff that playing on the internet and they're playing Fortnite and all these other things. And I'm like, Hey, listen, this is, this is all fun and games, but there's a risk. Uh, yeah. If, if somebody named Sally that you don't know starts talking to you about where you live and things like that, uh, that, that should be a red flag. And right. educating people is, is what it's all about. And educating and, your kids is really yeah. important because I always say that, you know, parents try to keep their kids safe by, you know, sort of having this wall of protection around them and, and nurturing them and keeping them naive. But if you had a busy street in front of your house, you would never keep them safe by not telling them that it's a dangerous street, by not telling them to stop and look both ways and wait for their mother or father to walk them across until they're old enough. You never not tell them about the risk right. when it comes to sex crimes and sexual victimization and abduction. We don't tell our kids and we think that's helping them, but it's not No, because you can empower them by telling them in a very supportive, loving positive way that you're there for them and they could take these steps to help make their lives safer and everybody's going to be happier and healthier that way and as long as they know they can help participate in their own protection and that's a wonderful thing absolutely you know it again it's all about keeping kids safe keeping families safe and mm -hmm. with the with the injunction of so much technology in our lives it's just impossible to not factor in those kind of things. Right. And, and especially when you, there's so many creepy guys out there that. Well, there's creepy girls too. Don't yeah, forget that. Yeah, there are, but <laughs> I bet you got a stat regarding how many, you know, what percent of the creepy well, people out there. The, uh, the only stats regarding male versus female offenders have to do with teachers. And in the educational system, 33% of the offenders in one study, and it's the biggest study that I'm aware of, were female. So 67% were male and 33% were female. So one in three, it's not a tiny number. It's not something mm -hmm. that you should disregard. Um, in fact, I know I saw recently a bulletin, uh, you know, board or, um, uh, you know, big advertisement. You know, this is what they do in Hollywood. They they have these billboards with uh, shows that are coming out soon. And there's one that's called a teacher and it had a female teacher and a, a teenage male student in the, in the background. And I've I'm sure that, that yeah. the, I'm sure that the theme of that is that, you know, she can't help herself and she falls in love with this kid, you know, and they make it a love story. Like Barbara Walters tried to do, with respect to Mary Kay Letourneau, who sexually victimized a 12-year-old boy repeatedly uh, over and over and over again, went to jail three times and then married him when she got out of jail. Um, she passed away this past year, but I know that her victim, who later became her husband, uh, suffered all sorts of emotional, psychological, and alcoholism problems and it took him a while to realize until their kids got to be 12 years old he didn't realize how much she had taken advantage of him but at that point he did so 
it's just they are real offenders and they are a real risk to the community. Uh, we just have to keep our eyes open to both of them, both types. Thank you for listening to All Things Crime. We are so grateful for all of our listeners. If you enjoyed this, please give us a positive review so other people can find it as well. Have an amazing All Things Crime Day. The motto for 2022 is out with the old, in with the bold. And if you're ready to revamp your career, your relationships, or your money this year, check out Modern Life. It's a new podcast and newsletter from Fidelity Investments with fresh perspectives from people defining success on their own terms and tips to help you do the same. Search Modern Life wherever you find your podcast to follow and subscribe. Keep in mind that investing involves risk. The value of your investment will fluctuate over time and you may gain or lose money. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917.